The Quest Gaming Network presents The Quest Legion, a podcast so legendary it only drops off raid bosses. Hey everyone, welcome to the Quest Legion, the Quest Gaming Network's role-playing game and real-time strategy podcast. This show is so epic, the name should have been colored in purple. I am your host, Eve Arwin, as I sillily laugh at my own retarded joke. I am joined, thank God I'm joined by somebody else, because I don't think I could uh, stand, I don't think anyone could stand being alone with me in a podcast by themselves. So, um, to offset my stupidity, here is... Lewis, the lore master Olan. Hello, Ivarwin. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, Lou. Hello. <laughs> Glad you're here. Here with us tonight. Lots to talk about. Lots of games. Yeah, we got a bunch of different games we're going to start getting into. A um, lot of news this week. A lot of news, especially out of the MMO world. Um, but before we start uh, introducing the games we're going to talk about for this episode, I would like to introduce to you Joe Bradford, our lead news anchor here at uh, Quest Gaming Network. I thought the joke was funny. You don't have to sit there and laugh at your own silly jokes. I laughed. <laughs> I just didn't hear it. So I was unmuted. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, can't wait to get into these these juicy, juicy topics and games. These juicy yeah. morsels that we've got we've got right yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that brings us to, uh, the games for this week. We are going to be talking about Guild Wars 2, Rift, Storm Legion. Yes, indeed. We are going to be talking about World of Warcraft's Mists of Pandera and Lord of the Rings Online's new expansion, Riders of Rohan. Also, we're going to discuss the Total War series and the Quest Gaming Network's Minecraft server, its role-playing server, which, uh, Joe Wilson has been, has been, uh, building I I know he's been working really hard on it this week. I know he's been yeah. working on it hard the last <laughs> the week before. So it has it been two weeks, maybe three weeks he's been he's been coding this thing and putting it together? Yes. So far, yeah. All right. Um let's let's start talking a little bit about that because if if um if you're a big fan of Quest Gaming Network, all right, you know we've we've got this show, uh Minecraft off the record, just a little tiny show, right? <laughs> it's, it's one it's of our mon- bit tiny show over bit. in the corner. It's, you know. <laughs> It's our one of our monsters here at the network. Um, now, Joe, you you obviously you do a lot for for that show, um, but specifically with the the role playing server, uh, you've been playing that all week, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, since about Sunday night, I started hopping back in there. the uh, The server is it's basically it's it's what it sounds like. It's a role playing server. We're trying to Joe. I would say we're Joe is trying to set up a. A real role-playing game. It's not just going to be a regular Minecraft server. It's going to have quests. It's, it has classes. It has a class system already set in. Um, it's got a whole different way of leveling. You, you don't. You no longer use your levels to enchant. Your level unlocks skills and such. Wow. Uh, so basically, the way we have it split up is we have split up between four kingdoms. And so I've been working on my kingdom all week while Joe has been implementing new features as as the week has gone on. And I, I, let me just tell you. The stuff that he has planned, just talking to him and vent and on the server and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Minecraft player and you're not playing on the server, uh, you're failing at life right now. Uh, <laughs> you, sh- you should hop on there. 
<laughs> definitely go check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. If you want a new way of playing Minecraft, this oh. is the way to go. You got, you've got adventure servers out there. You've got parkour courses. Uh, no, this is the way to go. Um, have you ever really been able to, to when you're playing Minecraft and you're fighting somebody, have you really been ever, ever been able to say you're in a party? You can on the server. We have party systems set up. There's quests that we're, that we're starting to test out. We've got some plugins that Joe is adding in quests. And let me tell you, if you're one of the lucky people to actually test it out, it's a lot of fun until you see a wall of zombies coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sounds, uh, it sounds really in depth. Um, now I'm sure, I'm sure Joe's gonna, you know, be going uh, crazy the uh, the last couple of episodes of of uh, Minecraft off the record. Um, I believe he was talking about it the uh, the last episode. I'm sure this week's episode, which records uh, Sundays, it's a live. That's our only live show that we do now on the Quest Gaming Network. Um, on Sunday, it records at 7 p.m. and you can go to our live stream, which is livestream.com forward slash the Quest Show. You can check it out there, and uh, I'm sure Joe's going to be talking all about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely sure. <laughs> the um, last three episodes, last three episodes have been pretty uh, RP server heavy. Yeah, good. So. Good. We need to get the word out. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, this this episode, and I, I think for the next couple of episodes, uh, we're going to be we're going to be somewhat MMO heavy, being that you know there's there's a lot of news that's that's come out this week in the MMO world and we we really want to focus on a like a laser beam on some of these games because you've got you've got Rift which was a massive contender for World of Warcraft and then 6 months out of the gate it started losing a tremendous amount of subs and um it it sort of teetered off a little bit now they've got the new expansion and I just see a revival coming back to that game and that expansion Storm Legion dropped this week. So we're going to be talking, you know, I think for the next few episodes at least, uh we're going to be talking Rift. Guild Wars 2. This is this is going to be it for Guild Wars 2. I mean, I, you know, it's it's a great game. There's a lot of great stuff that's in that game. Um I know, Lou. You've been you've been playing Guild Wars two a lot, haven't you? Oh yes, I have. <laughs> Very good. I make no denials about that. <laughs> now, um, as far as Guild Wars two is concerned, I I started playing it probably uh, a couple of weeks ago. I started playing it. Okay, my my in game experience is extremely extremely limited. Okay, um, I've got a level thirteen guardian. Okay, um, I like the game. I think there's improvements that can be done with the game, but as far as as the game itself, I think it's it's very very good, and I really enjoy what it is. Um, now, Lou, you're you're vastly more experienced in this game than I am, so I would really love to hear your first impressions and and what exactly what exactly you do in in Guild Wars Two. Because I don't think there's much that I can bring to the table that you couldn't just, you know, obliterate. So, <laughs> to be quite well, honest. My, <laughs> my first impression is, wow, you chose a Guardian? The tank class? I'm shocked. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked, folks. Hang on. <gasps> okay. <laughs> yeah, it took my breath away as well. I know, right? That's, that's, that's kind of my thing. For those of you out there who are, who are just getting their first taste of, of Quest Gaming Network material, first of all, welcome. Great, great to have you as a, as a listener, and hopefully you'll be listening to many, many other, 
um, of our shows. Um, but there's also this thing about me and in, in all the shows that, you know, uh, I, I always look for, for the paladin type heavy armor, you know, sword and board kind of character. I've, I've been playing, uh, tank for, I think since, uh, Lich King in World of Warcraft, but I've always played a paladin all the way back since, since Diablo 2. So that's, that's kind of my class is my thing. And, uh, my good friend, you know, Lou and, and, uh, Joe over here know that that's, that's where I come from. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're not, they're not surprised, are you? <laughs> not at all. If it's in the game somewhere, he will find it. I will find it. Or if it's not, he'll figure out a way to make it. Right. Like in Skyrim, yeah. I, I built my own paladin in Skyrim. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about me. Let's. I want to hear about Guild Wars Two. What's your first impressions, Lou, of Guild Wars Two? Because you've got, as far as role playing games are concerned, I mean, you're you're kind of like you're a guru. There are gaming companies that should be coming to you, asking you how to build their game. I mean, you've got experience in original pen and paper Dungeons and Dragons. Um, MMOs all the way back to, to their first inception. You have running subscriptions from all of these games, including the original EverQuest, still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, <laughs> you're a treasure trove of lore and, and gaming experience. What do you think of Guild Wars 2? Well, first of all, thank you for the very, you know, kind of warm compliment. Uh, Guild Wars 2 for me is a, it's a fresh breath of air, and it's a good improvement over Guild Wars 1, because I've also played that as well. Mm-hmm. I love playing that game, and when Guild Wars 2 was announced uh, you know, several years ago, I was one of those saying, wow, I wonder what they can do uh, to make this game better. And reading that has done a great job, although you know there is, like you said, there is room for improvement. There's always little things out there, things they can improve, which I'll get into later. Yeah, but the thing is, is okay... For example, room for improvement, um, it's, it's minor. Okay. There's other games out there that launched with like, you know, stark discrepancies in where their gameplay and game mechanics should be. And, you know, over the course of, you know, a year or two and through patching and all that, if, you know, it, it, they usually get to where they need to be. But Guild Wars 2 is not like that. It, it launched, it's got a, a solid launch. Solid gameplay mechanics. I mean, it's a solid game. There's only like a couple of things in here that that's really just if your taste just doesn't align with the with the particular game, then I could see how you won't like it. But if you like everything that's going on in the game, you know, it's there's really nothing in this game that you could say is like broken or doesn't work or it should be there, but it's not. Right. I mean, the first big gripe that caused concern for a lot of people when the game first debuted. Uh, several weeks ago is the fact that the trading house, okay, the auction house, the glad trade, network, no, no matter what game you call it, and, you know, the trading house was down, meaning players couldn't sell to each other except by via direct trade. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know that was a big point of contention for the first couple of weeks because again, you had all these players who were getting these great items to drop, which they could sell, or they were getting the crafting up in the game so they could craft some really great weapons, armor, trinkets, what have you. And yet they had no way to sell it except for spamming the trade channel and hoping someone would pick up on it. Right, but that's the kind of thing like you know that that's going to get fixed very, right. very quickly, imminently. It's not like you know the game launches without an LFG system. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Everyone knew it was there, it's just that it wasn't working, and yet it was a 
point of contention, and for some people, it was a major annoyance. Oh, but I you know imagine. what? They yeah. fixed it. They got around to it. Good. It, it's up and running. Um, one of the great things I do like about Guild Wars 2, how it's improved, is that they've improved, uh, I guess, a lot of, uh, I say, the, the mechanics within the classes themselves. All right, and the one big thing I'm talking about is the fact that with Guild Wars 2, they allow classes to be masters of different types of weapons. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to focus on one particular one to be most effective. Here, they allow you, for example, I'm going to use my Elementalist since that's when I play the most. Okay, I have the option to use a scepter or focus item for, for the offhand. Okay, or a scepter or a dagger if I wanted to. Or heck, two daggers. Even better, you know, a staff weapon. I can use them all, and my skill sets will reflect the weapon type I'm using. Right. I think that's that's probably the one thing about Guild Wars 2 that really draws me to it, is is how the combat system works. Um, now, you, can, you have uh, weapon skills that you can unlock as you use the weapon. Mm-hmm. All right. And... Usually, the way this works is you've got... The the way it works in the game is you've got five buttons on your hotbar. And as you use the weapon, you unlock the skills for your class for that weapon. And then on the other side of the hotbar, because there is is a break in the hotbar, graphically. You've got got the left side of the hotbar. The middle is, is is your health. It's like a an orb, like a like a Diablo 2, Diablo 3 orb with your health in there. And then on the right side are your slot skills. And these skills are granted to you as as you level up your character. Um, the crazy way that you level up your character and actually get these slot skills is not by going to a class trainer like you have in most normal MMOs, but it's actually through a system of earning skill points. Now, most of this game is driven through the map. You pull, you pull up the map, and all of your content that... You, you pull up your world map, and all of the content that you can do in that area is displayed right there. So, you go from wherever you are to whatever point on the map you feel like going to that you know is going to have content for you. And you basically just do whatever quests happen to open up in that area for you. I'm being really yes. general on purpose, and I know this is not the best explanation. Um, Lou, I have a feeling that you'd be able to best explain this a little bit, but I want to go over to uh, to Joe Bradford right now and see if um, maybe he can describe a little bit at, at what I'm trying to touch on. Sure. Well, from from my play experience, I, I, I don't have nearly as much time spent in the game as, as Lou. I've only got 12, 13 levels on my Elementalist, but... Uh, what I noticed a lot when I first started playing the game was the fact that, like you said, it's very map-oriented. I was going to my map a lot to figure out, okay, where can I do this? You know, what what type of content's over here? Uh, to see what I can explore to unlock, to unlock uh, like skill points or find some vistas to get some experience and such. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the fact that you can pull up your map and it's... It, it doesn't have the kind of lag that I experience with other games when you pull up the map. Sometimes when, when you're playing a different MMO, you, you press the M key and the computer sits there and waits. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like the fact that it's it's almost pretty much instantaneous. Um, 
there's there's no lag for me whatsoever and it's seamless it doesn't even feel like i'm it, it, it actually to me it feels like I'm, I'm sitting there i'm my character and i'm like okay where do i need to go when i reach in my pocket pull up my map as if i was actually there um, which I think is a nice touch. Uh, again, some of the MMOs, the, the map is just kind of there to help you. This actually feels as though you're supposed to use it, and it helps direct you in, in the way you're supposed to go. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you can't you can't play this game without pulling up the map. I, I mean, I guess you, not effectively anyway. I mean, you could run off in an errant direction and just you know miss stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, exactly. You've got points on the map that you definitely want to go to. You know, um, Joe, you brought up a the vistas that's um mm-hmm. that was a feature of the game that i really enjoyed you know you you run to an area it's like a little triangle on the map you run up to it you know and you'll see like a little uh, a hovering glowing map right there in front of you you click on it and you see a cinematic of the camera will pull away from your character and start showing you the land around you and you know it's 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 a very well built very pretty game so you're looking at some really nice landscapes um you go to a particular town and you have an option there's various options various um i don't want to call them quests because it's not like it's not like the the hub and spoke quest system that is built into most mmos where you go to a quest hub and you you talk to an npc they give you a quest you go out there you do it and you come back it's not that regimented. You definitely are going to an area that, that is a quest hub. Um, but as soon as you walk into the area, you're getting quests for that area. And and the, the best example that I can come up with that I saw was when I went over to the monastery. And one of the first quests that pops up just for walking into the monastery is, you know, help help the people in the monastery by um, getting rid of the um the invaders that are coming in there's in, you know an invading uh an invading army that that's coming in you got to you got to kill those guys but there's also like testing out the the beer that they brew there and telling them how you like it and you know what I'm getting at right Lou yes i exactly get it it's it's as i probably mentioned yeah the questing there in Guild Wars 2 isn't strictly regimented okay there's stuff out there um you can find okay area type quests you can pull up and one of the great things i do love about this game are the in-game events that yeah. happen that occur yes which is which is similar to what rift has with the rift events same thing with Guild wars 2 they have in-game events at different parts of the map okay so you don't always have to do just the same one there are several usually going on at once or you know they're staggered but at different points of the map. So you could be at the northern end of the map doing two or three events that are happening there. But meanwhile, on the southern end, there are four other events going on that you totally missed because now you have to choose which ones do you want to do. Right. And for me, I'm all about choice. I would rather be inundated with choices and be stuck with what the heck do I do first as opposed to I've only got you know the cornflakes, the raisin bran, <laughs> okay, and the fruit loops. Cornflakes, raisin bran, and Fruit Loops. (laughs) Wow, your pantry must suck. Oh, it does. I didn't do shopping. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One one thing I've noticed, if you don't want me, just say real quick. Um, Just sitting here talking about the questing system just made me realize something. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned hub and spokes, and what is one of the major things that that 
most MMO fans hate. Fetch quests. You know, right. go kill this thing to get, you know, this many of this item. I, I, I love the way that Guild Wars 2 does their, their questing because I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think, have I done a single fetch quest? And I don't think I had, but then I re- remembered. Yes, I have, but I didn't know I was doing it. And so I think that, that the subtle way that they introduce content to you really makes it for a much more rewarding experience. I, I feel better knowing that, yes, I am doing fetch quests, but while I'm doing it, I'm not realizing it. And so to me, it doesn't seem as tedious. Yeah. Um, like for instance, right outside that, right outside one of the, the first, first areas, there is a vineyard that a girl is poisoning. And so you're supposed to go and just get a bunch of the, the dead poisoned leaves or whatever, bring them back to her to kind of hide the evidence. Um, that's a fetch quest in itself. I mean, you're going and grabbing all those things, but when you're doing it, you, you don't realize it is. Um, and so to me, again, giving the player that option to do it if they want to or, or not, and if they do, great, you're going to get some experience for it. If not, you know, your your game gameplay isn't hindered any by not doing it. All right. Um I guess I guess that's us being being really general with with uh, you know, Guild Wars 2. Um Lou, I know you've been playing the game for a while. Okay? Mm-hmm. You've got uh you've got a level 77 elementalist, right? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about about what your game is like as an elementalist. Well, for those who aren't familiar with the game and with this class, the elementalist is what you would call uh, like the mage or wizard type class mm-hmm. in this game. Okay, they are a ranged uh, caster. All right, and as the name implies, as it implies, they use the elements. Okay, for here it's you know earth, fire, water, air. Okay, and arcane as the elements that you use, and each particular element does its own particular form of damage. And the one thing I do like about this class is the fact that yes, I do have all that variety there. Okay, if I find there are areas where the quest creatures, the mobs, or the bosses are immune or highly resistant to a particular type of damage, and yes, there are mobs out there in this game that are resistant, so you know you can never get too comfortable with the playstyle. You know, you have to take that into account. You know, you can do it. I can switch my particular area of damage, you know, on the fly or, you know, w- within a couple seconds. Okay, I can go from being focused on doing air damage, okay, which is a lot of lightning attacks, lightning slash electricity attacks to where I, s- I take a couple seconds, pause, swap out my, my element, and now I'm doing all fire-based damage. Wow. Okay. And that is one thing I do like about this class that has that kind of flexibility built into it. Um, plus the fact, you know, all the effects are pretty damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing I do love about this class and the adjustments that the reading that has done to improve from Guild Wars 1 to here is that the elementalists, you know, all the caster classes into this game, for the most part, 99% of your abilities you no longer have to stand still. Okay, you're not at the mercy of being planted on the ground, casting a spell for one, two, three seconds. Okay, for the most part in this game, if your spell doesn't specifically uh, specifically say that you have to stay rooted in place to channel it, Mm -hmm. you don't have to. You don't have to. So 
one of the key things about playing this class is the fact that you're a caster. You can cast your fireball and run at the same time. Wow. All right. So a lot of people think, all right, elementalist, mage class, squishy. Yes, for the most part. Here, that's if the mob can touch you because, again, remember, you can move, you can cast on the fly. Now, uh, is it true that the game is um, at the end game? It's it becomes a PvP game, not a PVE game, despite the fact that there is PVE content in the game. Well, I'd say it's a little bit of both. You will get involved one way or another of doing both sets, both types uh, within the game. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. For those who aren't familiar with Guild Wars 2, again, the PvP model here is all about, uh, well, they changed it from Guild Wars 1, okay? In Guild Wars 2, it's no longer, you know, you're not fighting players on your own server. It's actually server against server against server, or in that case, world versus, you know, realm versus realm versus realm. Okay. Okay. So, say for example, you know, the Quest Legion uh, guild is on the Crystal Desert server, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, every week or so, it's going to be arranged in teams of three, meaning it's these three servers are pitted against each other for the week. Okay. All right, so meaning when you go into PvP zone, it's whoever's on your server who's, that's with you, it's you against the other two people. Other, I'm sorry, the other two servers, population. Okay. All right, so you're never going to get into a, you know, like a name calling or a troll contest or something from your own server. No, it's because <laughs> everyone in your server... <laughs> You're there to kill the other people from the ser- other server, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, that, that's 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 definitely an interesting take on on PvP that I've never experienced before. Well, um, it, it, um, I'm sorry, I just want to put this in. Mm-hmm. Well, the other big thing about the PvP model in this game, it also reminds me of another game that I've played in the past. And every now and then, I still do play Dark Age of Camelot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here, on Guild Wars Two, PvP has an incentive. And the big thing is because whoever wins during PvP wins the match for the, for the I guess it's server matches. You have to forgive me here. I haven't played much PvP yet. <laughs> okay, PvP gives definitive bonuses across the board for everyone. So imagine if you're crafting and your server won the PvP match for the week against the other two servers. Your crafting is now you have a 50% better chance of critting something when you're crafting wow. okay or or if you're a melee class well guess what your attack just got 10% better so there's a definitive bonus to actually pvp there's an incentive for you to pvp because you can affect your damage with physical magical crafting doing stuff it affects the entire game right okay so PvP is so this is this is a PvP game. It is. It's got a lot of PvE elements, but in the end, uh, which makes you know Guild Wars one, you know the game that it is, is the fact that you're out there going teams. Well, now in Guild Wars two against other servers, you're out there, you're going against other players. Okay. And you know, and here's the reason why you have great reasons why as to why you want to PvP because you can affect your entire server in this manner. How do you like that? I mean, you, you're you're um, you're very PVE. Your your game is gaming for you is usually PVE centered. Um, you don't really involve yourself in PVP. How do you like that? 
I like it. This is one of the few games that I actually do enjoy PvP. Uh, because I was mentioning before, you know, there's PvP for a reason. Mm-hmm. All right, you're, you're going out there because you can give, you can gain benefits for other players on your server or on your faction. And it helps. Okay, you're not just there just to be a, you know, a D-bag. <laughs> you're there because you actually want to prove, you know, you, you want to help contribute. You want to do something. Yeah, you know what? You're killing the player. You just get the thrill out of that. But, you know, in the end, you're getting this. Okay, you're not getting... Right, it's 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 got a it's got a definite purpose in the game. Yes. It's not it, you're not just there to be competitive. You're there to, yes, be competitive, Competit- but additionally to get you know um, materials for for your crafting and and so on. Right, or yeah, you're there to help to help benefit your server. Okay. If other games adopted a PvP style similar to this, would it work, or is this just Guild Wars? only well Dark Age of Camelot from Mythic which is now by EA by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. they were one of the first to actually bring in uh, I guess I'm trying to put it in the words here an incentivization for PvP where they actually had that particular model okay where Dark Age of Camelot had three realms Okay, three factions, so you can never have like the kind of imbalances you can see in like for Tor, Star Wars of the Republic, or in World of Warcraft, where you have servers that are so one faction heavy, you know, gameplay pretty much dies because no one wants to play the other faction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's Here, very common. Very, very common. Exactly. Which is why I also like this in Yellow Scrolls Online. Three factions. Now no one faction can ever gain too much power mm-hmm. and be the dominant force because What's to stop the other two from forming an alliance? It's just crushing that faction. Right. Yeah, but do you do you think that this would work in other games? Yes, I, I think it would. It has with Dark Age. Mm-hmm. Um, that model, their their game model, um, they had relics, a strength relic and a power relic for each realm. And if the other realm captured those relics from you, again, that affected everyone in your faction. Uh, say, for example, if the Hibernian faction, okay, which is one of the factions in the game. Mm-hmm. They represent like the the Celts, okay, the early Irish, so to speak, right? Type type area, and the people from Albion. They're the English, the Welsh, and the Scots. Okay, so if the Hibernians stole the strength relic from the Albion people, mm-hmm. any class that dealt with strength as a stat, meaning you, for example, if you were right, a tank, it would be it would be nerfed. Yes, your all your attacks would be less powerful because guess what? We've got your strength relic, and until you PvP to get it back from us, you're going to be that way. You're going to be that gotcha. way for as long as it takes you is and your this, faction to get it back. Is this the future of PvP and MMOs? I don't. I think it's one future they could look into and revitalize and use it because it has worked in the past. Okay. Okay, rather than, you know, giving people titles, which is nice, or armor, special armor, special weapons. Right, it's something no. else to involve you. Yeah, no, this is it. This is, this is why you want to be, because, you know, you need to get it back. Bradford, this whole, this whole thing of, of getting, of, um, any class, any weapon, slotting skills, all that. You think that's the future of, of MMOs right now? I sure hope so. I like, mm. like, like Lewis said a couple of times, more options is always better. 
limiting player options, I think, limits the game. Yeah. It's that simple. So if I'm able to, like, I also play an elementalist. And so I stick mainly with the, the staff because the staff has some, some of your healing abilities with your water attunement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do see the necessity to also level up those other skills because some of your fire skills on the scepter may be more powerful than your fire skills on the staff or whatnot. Um, I think that that type of freedom and that type of player choice will only enhance the genre as, as we go forward. And you start to see that. I mean, the Elder Scrolls Online is talking about this as well. They're yeah. also doing something similar yeah. where every class can use any weapon and any armor. So if you have more successful MMOs doing this, you can definitely see how the genre as a whole will start to turn towards this. Right. Now, now for me, um, I, what I like about, about this game is that it, it does introduce that any class, any weapon, slotted skills game feature. Um, what I liked about ESO is that it seemingly took that and, and went a few steps further. Um, but that's for Elder Scrolls off the record and not, and not necessarily here and and again for those of you out there that are that are kind of like scratching your head saying like guys you're a little too late um this game came out you know back in july or august and you know we don't need your first impression um i understand i get that this is we're kind of just like introducing the game for ourselves um and we're going to be talking about it further you know there's other podcasts out there that that get further into depth with this one particular game um our aim right now is to introduce this game to those of you out there who are not uh, playing this game or know of it and not really too interested because we just recently started getting into it and um, and we like what's going on in there so that's kind of why we're so introductory with this with this subject so late in the game um, so you know I, I see these things coming out slotted skills etc etc I think that yes, that is the future of AAA MMOs down the road. What I what I think though is that it's it's not going to completely overtake the MMO market. And the reason why I think that is because that I think there's a lot of people out there that still enjoy the traditional game mechanic of you have a specific class, you go to a trainer, you get your specific um, skills per level, etc., etc. The normal MMO way or the normal way of playing an MMO. I think there's still going to be a, um, a need for that in the MMO market. I don't think this is going to completely take it away, but I do think it is going to encroach on new MMOs coming out, I think developers are going to look to this and they're going to say, I want that for my game because it's new, it's up and coming and people like it and it's just a better way to play. Um, Lou, what what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll start going into some of the other games. Well, I agree with that. I mean, this is one one game that actually is trying to introduce those, I guess, those new mechanics, trying to get away from the mainstream, from what everyone's used to, again the holy, you know, the Trinity mm-hmm. yeah. of gameplay. And you're right, there are people. You know, I'm not saying it's you know, it's good or bad. It's just they're so set in their ways. You know, they may not want to try anything else. Okay, because let's face it, some games though can be pretty brutal with the learning curve. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah. So especially if you know, for example, if you like for tanking, that you know, that's both like a, a, a it can be an art and a science. Okay, science if you're min you're doing the min maxing. Okay, mm-hmm. but then also art as to getting the timing down, getting the feel, you know, for all of these fights. That's the art, and you know, it, it can get overwhelming at times. But uh, I think this is this game has introduced some some quality of life and some class and some game mechanics that I think other games can look at and say, hey, you know what, we can use that, or we can use something like that and incorporate it into our game. Yeah, what I what I like about this too is that every single month you're getting a new event. I like that about Guild Wars too. Mm-hmm. Um, this month's event has. Uh, let me just take a quick look at my notes here. I'm sorry. Uh, this month's event just debuted, I believe. It was this week. I actually think it was today, right, Bradford? Yes, today. Yeah, yeah. today. Um. Okay, so it's called Lost Shores. Finally, it's live today. All right, as of well, let me let me just read as this. Of Twelve p.m. my time. Yeah. Um, and from their from their Guild Wars site, all right, uh, they say the this spectacular one-time world event is now live. Unravel a monstrous mystery and defend Tyria from a formidable new threat, the Karka. You'll face brand new creatures, earn cool new rewards, discover a brand new island map, explore a new explore the new fractals of the Mists dungeon, and more. This weekend event, which culminates in an epic showdown at noon Pacific. On November 18th lasts until 10 Pacific, November 18th. So that would be uh, that would be Sunday. So cool. Um, yeah, I, I like the fact that you can go to their website and you see which. Well, not necessarily like which event unlocks on what what month, but what you do see is that there is going to be an event that will unlock next month. So it gives you something to look forward to. And on top of it, there's no subscription. Which is another huge thing about this game that I think is really uh, really appealing to, to a lot of people out there. On top of the fact that it plays very well, it looks great. You know, it's it's definitely... Uh, I, think, I think Guild Wars 2 is a phenomenal game. If you don't want to sub up to an MMO and you don't have a tremendous amount of time to play an MMO. However, if you're a hardcore MMO fan and you can dump a tremendous amount of time into this game, this is a great game for you too because there there's time sinks in the game as well. So you can you can get far and progress and see yourself progress on a casual play schedule or you can involve yourself in some of those really interesting hardcore time sinks as well. So, great stuff coming out of Guild Wars 2. Um, follow this show if you want to follow us and our, our adventures in Guild Wars 2 because we'll uh, we'll be talking more about it. Rift. Gentlemen. Rift. God almighty. This this game, this is like the little game that could. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, now, Lou and I have, have experience with Rift all the way back from launch. And in fact, if it was not for that game, um, Lou and I never would have met. We met in Rift. That's correct. <laughs> I started um, I started a guild, and Lou was one of our, our founding members. He came in on the ground floor, and it just took off from there. He and I became very, very good friends. And then we started podcasting together on on, uh, on QGN, and uh, and it you know you can you can hear you can hear everything on all of our shows from there. But <laughs> um, in any event, so 
uh, Bradford, I mean, have you have you gotten too much into into Rift? I know you downloaded it, right? Yeah, I, I've played it a little bit, not a whole lot. In fact, I don't think I've played it in a few months, just because other games have come out since, and yeah, I was more interested in those. Um, but from what I did play, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a beautiful looking game. I like the like the game mechanics. I do like the the different soul system. So you because you've got Again, player choice always always yeah. a big proponent of player choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think I've played enough in the game to really speak intelligently about it. So I'm just going to back off and let you all talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, what I can say is is that Rift Rift launched, and there were some things in Rift that that needed to needed to be there. Um, coming back to Rift right now, that stuff is there. And the this expansion just just takes it and really just fleshes this game out wonderfully. Um, a lot of people complained that that the world was never big enough. Um, that's different now. <laughs> that is that is it is a whole new world, as they say. Um, one of the key features that you'll a see. I was wondering what that was going to make you what's that what's that phrase flew out of your mouth. <laughs> One of the key features here on their website is uh they say it's 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 a vast new world, okay? Uh two huge new continents that more than triple the size of the existing world. Oh my god. <laughs> now, um I I looked today and I didn't see two new continents. I saw one all the way out. There's an island all the way out in the water, which is where an island would be. <laughs> um, Very so good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm good at geography. <laughs> um, so I don't know if they're holding the next continent for, for a little later on or if it's just something I didn't see. I mean, I had the map zoomed all the way out. I should, you know, if it was there, I should have seen it. And I was very familiar with what I was looking at. I know... I know the continent. I know the world of Talara. So, yeah, I'm looking at it now, and it seems here what they've got is uh, I think just the one aisle right now. Mm-hmm. Ember Isle, lost home of the Kalari. Oh, okay. So the the uh, the really exotic looking race, the Kalari, that's that's their that's their home. Mm-hmm. Not bad. You know, I, I, that was that was actually one thing I was kind of concerned about with with Storm Legion is that they're they're throwing in all of this space now in the game. Um, you know, you you, you kind of wonder like where where am I going to go next? How am I going to get into this stuff? Like, what what's what's most appropriate for me to go to? It, exactly. I mean, it, everyone's going to have the same issue as to all right, I'm here. What next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's next? And you but, know, you know, but I think that's that's part of the appeal, and I think that should be part of the part of the fun is the fact that you know what? I, I guess for me, speaking my own personal experience, some, the best one I've ever had playing any game is all right. I haven't gone to a site that's data mined all this material already, and you know, the day this stuff debuts. Okay, there are websites out there that have a complete walkthrough laid out. Like that, no. No, I think what part of the fun should be is like, all right, no one knows what the hell is going on. You got to go out there and find it. Yeah, you got. Yeah, that's that's very well. It's very sandboxy, and um, 
that's really not Rift, but that is definitely part of exploration is always a huge part or should be a huge part of every MMO because you are trying to live inside of a, a digital world, um, a fantasy digital world, and you want to explore it. So, yeah, I was kind of I was kind of confused about, you know, I, I see that one island out there. Not too sure what else is coming next, but I'm I'm excited to to know that there's something big coming out at least soon or in the in the near future. You know, there is something else coming out. So, I do like that. Um but the the real the real uh crux of the the expansion relies I think what really everyone's going crazy over are the four new souls. Now, if you're not familiar with Rift, first of all, if you're not playing Rift, you need to play Rift. Rift is a phenomenal game for MMOs. And if you're if you're not into MMOs, I would say that this is one of the best examples of a really good MMO out on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's four new souls that they're debuting with this. Now, since I have a warrior, I started looking at the um, the Tempest soul. And what I can tell you about, um, about this particular soul is that it's really good for the ranged warrior. Really, really good for that. Tremendous amount of DPS comes out of, comes out of this particular soul. Um, but there's also uh, the Harbinger, okay, Tactician and Defiler for all of the other, all the other different uh, different classes. So I'd like to I'd like to get into this a little bit, um, going right down the line, I suppose. So the Harbinger, uh, they say Harbinger adds fearsome melee prowess to the Mage calling, wielding blades of conjured air and life energy. So this is basically like a, um, kind of like a, uh, oh, guys, help me out. What, what am true, I trying to true, say? True, uh, or uh, something that they want to bring to the Battle Mage. Exactly. Class. Battle Mage. You know, and I think that's overdue if it is something to what we're, just, what we're uh, I guess, intoning right now is the fact that, you know, the Mage class in Rift, you know, was always forced to be at ranged, always had to be, be away. And the moment yeah. something got on their face, okay, they were pretty much dead meat. Okay. If they weren't playing a Necro as one of their souls and didn't have that pet, they, they were pretty much a stand on the floor in yeah. few seconds. And the, 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 you can say the opposite for, for the, uh, the warrior class. You know, the best ranged soul that came out of the warrior class was pretty much the only one, which is Beastmaster. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just... It's it's decent, but it's the only one. And um, you know, if you want if you want a little a little extra in there, I mean, this is this, this expansion does that exactly um, for that for that particular uh, archetype. Um, strengths of the Harbingers, okay? They excel at dealing damage to single targets in melee range, have a high survivability, and can live through through damage that would kill most mages. However, their weakness is they have a limited ability to deal the area damage and are less effective if kept at range. Though they have great survivability for mages, they are mages nonetheless and vulnerable to a uh, concerted assault. 
that'll bring us over to the Tempest, which um, I explained was kind of like the the warrior's version of the the ranged soul. Um, their strengths are their uh, heavy damage lightning rods, all right, unleashing torrents of damage from long range. They wield formidable and versatile area blasts and benefit from heavy armor and illusory tricks. I'm pretty much a melee warrior in Rift, and I use this as a backup soul for the buff. Great buff. Lots of damage comes out of it. Uh, what else? Let's see. The Tactician. Okay. Uh, these guys are extremely versatile, unleash unleashing torrents, torrents, bolts, and cores to destroy their enemies and mend their allies. Their remarkable healing uh, powers synergize well with those of the Bard. Which is nice. I mean, I've always played the uh, the Brogue class in Rift, and I think this is a welcome addition uh, because, all right, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the Bard Soul, but it was necessary to actually have that if you wanted yeah. to, you know, help heal or, of course, to be the buff bot. It was a great support class. Exactly, and here now we have another option, I guess, for for ranged, uh, another ranged option for the Rogue. I mean. If you want to be uh, a range for the rogue, you're pretty much stuck with being either okay, going, focusing on the ranger or the saboteur souls. Okay, and then getting the two support souls you know, to support either though you know one of those two. Mm -hmm. At least here now we have a third option, and as we've all been saying here, hey, you know what? I like having more choices. Okay, giving you freedom, more options. Is there a danger of diluting everything? Yes, there's always that danger because no game can ever get it right. Yeah, but with the amount of choices that, that you have for Rift, all the different kinds of souls that you can use, I don't really think that's much of a danger because you can mix it up and then change it as well without, you know, without any repercussions. True, but then, you know, there are always going to be, you know, players who are going to be that... Uh, that hardcore play style, okay. Mm -hmm. and, and please, me caveat. I in no means are denouncing anyone's play style. I'm just saying, you know, as a point of argument, okay, there all there will be players who will min max, you know, and they're going to absolutely post, you know, their findings, their suggest not suggestions, pretty much their mantras to our. If you want to burn things down quickly, this is the way to do it. Yeah. All right, which is great. It's helpful, but you know what? I also enjoy having fun. I don't like doing math or worrying about math when I'm playing a game. <laughs> yes, it helps in tackling the content, but if that's all we're working on, I think we're missing the point of playing the game. What a concept, huh? Having fun while playing a game. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, for Varun and I, in in playing Rift, okay, Varun was a guild leader, and his one of his hard, fast models was when we first started to be able to raid was, hey, if it's dead, it's a win. That's right. That's the bottom line. It doesn't matter if you're using the, the quote-unquote optimized bill for every class that's in your raid. But you know what? If the thing dies... You win. You win. Doesn't have to look pretty. <laughs> doesn't have to pretty. And you know what? It may have taken us 15 minutes to do it, as opposed to some people could do it in six minutes. That's great. You know what? We still did it. Still did it. We killed it, right? Still got the achievement. <laughs> Yes. Um, you got the, the thing the, is dead. We're moving on to the next boss. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got the defiler up next, 
And that's the uh, the last of the brand new souls. And the Defilers can intercept, prevent, and heal through staggering damage. They are capable damage dealers at range, spreading corruption and torment through infectious bonds. However, allies may be squeamish about Defiler links. <laughs> Their healer isn't known for its cosmetic appeal, apparently. <laughs> so, wow. uh, apparently, the the weakness of the Defiler is that it's so ugly, uh, you know... <laughs> This is coming from Rift, okay? This is coming from Tryon. I'm only reading off what's what's here. <laughs> um, because this 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 is brand new, I don't really have a whole lot of factual information that I I can give you. What I can say about this game is that um, I am pleasantly surprised by the amount of stuff and game systems that that are in this game. Um, when I was playing it, it was level up. Get yourself into into uh, into dungeons. Get yourself into um, the tiered dungeons. It was a tier one and two at the time, right, Lou? Mm-hmm. Then raid. You've got several kinds of raids, and then every now and again, you'll be treated to once every three months, once every two months. No, it was actually what was it? was it once a month or, or two months they were doing the world events? Um, I think it was once a month they were they were pushing for that. Close to it, yeah. They were pushing for yeah, yeah. and it, it certainly felt like it. Um, mm-hmm. you get the world event, which is you know is coming out very very quickly. Since then, they have added more dungeons, more raids. Great, but things like slivers, which was which was in the game. It's a ten player raid, and that was in the game just as just as we were leaving, which were which were fun, um, hard to do but a lot of fun. But they added uh, Chronicles, which are two-player adventures featuring raid content and special story arcs. So if you can't do the raid, you can enter a Chronicle, which is it's tuned down for two people. Um, instant Adventures. How many times have you been standing around saying, you know, gee, I wish there was something new I could do. Um, there's just, you know, not a lot of my guild members are on. You join an instant adventure, and the the area that you're in, all of a sudden, has all of these these. Uh, you kind of phase into a, another version of that of that piece of of um, zone that you're in, and you have all of these different objectives, and you just roll with with whoever's zoned with you, and you you do all of these various objectives throughout throughout that zone. Mentoring, mentoring is now in this game. You got a friend that's ten levels underneath you, or even more. You can tune yourself down and start leveling up with them or help them level up and, and join, you know, uh, dungeons with them. Instances. You're doing instances. You're level 50. Your friend's level 10. You tune yourself down to level 10 and boom, there you go. You can, you can do a, you can go questing with them or, or do a dungeon. Um, guild finder. If you're looking for a, a guild, they have a, a guild finder inside the, uh, the game now. So there's there's a, a lot of stuff that's that's in this game. Uh, Barbershop is now in this game as well. For yeah, I, go, I'm no, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Lou. Oh, I'm just saying, you know, with the Varundry, there's a lot of great, small and big quality of life improvements in this game that have come out with Storm Legion. That, yeah, like that's that's you what know, kills it's, me it's about like this. Tryon has finally, you know, finally has had a chance to take all the feedback from the mm-hmm. test server. Even from going back to beta before the game went live, and suggestions in the forum saying, "All right, this is what the player base has said they would like to see. 
And you know what? Let's see what we can do. And by God, you know, they, they're trying to do a lot of it. Yeah. Think it. They got the barbershop. They, they, they've got the mentoring system. Okay. The, the guild finder, which is a big thing. You know, no longer do you have to just spam general chat in the game on your server <laughs> or, or go to the actual official website forums and, you know, look at all the guild threads that are there. It's like, no, you know what? Uh, I can just pop open a hotkey window. Um, and I think it's similar. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm going off my experience here from EverQuest 2, which has something like this with Guild Finder. Okay, essentially what it does is that it opens up a separate window in the game, and every guild that's on your server is there. Yeah. Okay, and it tells you their name, who the leaders are, who the officers are, who the recruiters are, and what that guild spiel is. Whether it's, all right, you know what? We're a casual, non-rating guild. We're a social guild. Okay, or, you know, we're a semi-hardcore guild. You know, we only raid two nights a week. These are our days. This is what we need for classes, blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah, it's got all that that. information right there. And I haven't had a chance to get into into Rift's, you know, looking for guild um, feature yet. But what I can say is that, you know, Rift is going to be one of those games that you're going to hear us keep up with on this show. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely have more information um coming out as as we play more of this game. Um Rift has one thing that that I really love and that's a mobile app. Which is another another small thing about this game that you know Lou was talking about that you know there's a lot of like small quality of life issues that that uh they've put into Rift that I just I absolutely love and that's that's definitely one of them right there. I feel like there's something else that we wanted to say about Rift and I'm missing it. Not 100% sure. I don't know. Lou, what, what else you got? Do you have anything on Rift that you want to you wanna share with us? Well, I'm actually going over some of the other features that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a ton in here. Uh, you know, free transfers. So much, I mean, first of all, you know, they increased the level cap by another 10 levels. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now the level cap is now 60. Um. Yeah, you know, they do have the two continents, but we've only seen the one so far from what I've seen on uh, one one page of their site. But they're, you know, they they've gone out of their way to introduce so many different ways for players to enjoy themselves. Whether it's solo content, okay, um, the Chronicles, all right, with the two person adventures, mm-hmm. all right, or or the instant instant adventure. Okay, which I know you and I and uh, Joe Wilson and, and you know and Dave. Oh my God, we had a blast with that. I mean, folks, we literally lost track of time. We were there for several hours. Yeah, we were there for three hours. We played the whole night. That's and all we did. We we weren't. We were just going to try it out just for the heck of it. Yeah. And we ended up staying there for so long. We were like, oh my God, it's almost one o'clock in the morning. It was so <laughs> much fun. <laughs> But it, it's like Rift is giving its players more options to enjoy themselves. Okay, whether it's you know they know you may you may not have you may not have a lot of time. I guess what I'm trying to say is they're trying to broaden the adventure and experiences that any player any player style can have. You know they have stuff for the casual player. They have stuff for the middle of the road player, yeah. and they they have stuff for the progressive hardcore raider. You know, I think all three play styles. Have a home in Rift. 
which a lot of MMOs can't say, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, here, here's, I, think, I think Rift can. This is this is something that um I haven't even I haven't even touched on. Totally forgot was actually in this game. Now was um the uh the home system the you, you get your you can you can get your own home now. You know what I, you know what I mean? Your own home. <laughs> <laughs> it's your home. Don't you want to go home? <laughs> I'm having such a fail night tonight. It's it's not even funny. Like I can't even speak. <laughs> there there is. They have they have their own you know player housing. Right, thank you, thank you. Yes, You're welcome. Freaking player damn housing. <laughs> God. Don't underestimate the appeal of player housing. I'm exhausted. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it works. Every MO I've played where they've had player housing, that's just like a free unabashed credit sink and time sink. I will invest exactly. time and stuff in my home. Yeah. Whether it was Lord of the Rings Online, EverQuest oh, yes. 2, Star Wars Galaxies, Dark Age Camelot. If it had housing, damn sure I was building my crafting skills to build stuff for my house, or I was getting money, farming, you know, doing quests to get money to buy stuff from other players for my housing. Yeah, capes. Yeah, capes in the game now. They they finally brought that in. New achievements, nice. artifacts, collectibles, mounts, titles. Uh, here's, here's another thing, alright. Dimensions, customizable spaces allow players and guilds to own a sliver of Talara. So, that's that's the uh, the player housing I was referring to. Oh my god. Now that if now they have capes slash cloaks in this game, uh, if I just want to inject one thing I loved again about going I'm going back to Dark Age of Camelot is the mm-hmm. fact that if your guild had a symbol, not only would it show on a uh, no, on a tabard, your guild heraldry symbol showed up on your cloaks and on any player who wielded a shield. That's cool. That's so, definitely cool. Yeah. You imagine, you know, how beautiful Rift looks now, and how good your characters can get. You know, if you, if you put that much detail and work into them, it's like, oh my god, next, yeah, it's my guild. <laughs> it's, all, I, I mean, this thing is also debuting with seven new dungeons, three raids, a whole new chronicle. God, I, I mean, plus the four <laughs> souls that we were talking about, ten more levels, which you, you would kind of expect, to be honest. I would expect ten more levels, at least ten. Um, I mean, they, 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 you know, passed their one-year anniversary and yeah. then some. So yeah, they, you know, they're following that. Uh, I guess the time frame for a lot of MMOs where they, you know, they raise the level cap just, just a bit. Well, most MMOs seemingly raise the level cap with with every expansion. Yeah, what I've gathered. So I mean, it's just the norm. That's kind of the norm. Um, Tempest Bay, the new stronghold now for both Guardians and Defiance. So all this information, obviously, you can get off of uh, riftgame.com, their website. Just a tremendous amount of information there um, for you know for this game. I feel like I feel like there was a um, a uh, free to play option for this game. There was when it first came out. You could, you could play it for free before it came out. And then once the game, yeah, you know, it was from the seventh to the eleventh, so it's it's passed before now, Storm Legion came out. For Storm Legion, yeah. yeah, you can play Storm Legion for free, and then you know if you haven't bought it yet, buy it before it comes out on the thirteenth. Yeah, but they've got Rift Light, 
which I'm trying to find the information on that right now. Rift Light. Um, <laughs> Rift Light. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what I'm playing. I don't, sus- I don't subscribe to the game, so my character is a free-to-play character. It's right. like a Miller Jamin draft. <laughs> MGG or MGG Light. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's been... I have a Rift Light. Oh, you want the Rift Heavy? <laughs> no, get the Rift Light. <laughs> it's cheaper this way. Um, let me see if I could find the info. It's just coming to me now, and I wanted to. I definitely wanted to throw this in into our show uh, for those out there who are not who are not playing Rift and they would like a free to play option. Rift Lite basically says for new and returning players, you can for levels one through twenty. Okay, you have no time limit, no credit card required. Um, you get you get the first twenty levels free to try out to try out the game. Um, I would definitely recommend this. This is Rift is one of those it's one of those MMOs that if you're not if you're not playing it you you don't you're not experiencing what the best of the best of MMO, current MMOs right now. I mean it, it really is far and away one of the top MMOs on the market right now. And it's really just and the reason why I'm putting it that way is cuz it's just very unsung. Not a lot of people are are getting into this game or have gotten into this game, and you know it launched with with some some features it should have had, and it just never really recovered. And I, I really hope that with Storm Legion, it kind of you know makes its way back onto the MMO map. Not it's that like I think one it of ever those, one of those first impression things. You can never fix a first impression. That's why it's always good to have yeah. obviously a good first impression. But uh, with Storm Legion, just hearing you guys talk about it, uh, I'm probably going to play Rift tonight. So. <laughs> It's, it's already it's already started. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's just for far and away one of the best MMOs out there on the market, in in my humble opinion. And um, I know I know the reason why Lou and I left the game had nothing to do with the game. It was actually right. just our guild. And right, yeah, that, that was gonna, I was going to bring that up. The fact that yeah, if it wasn't for you know pe- you know we're all human, all right, and you get players people to you know to do to play together online for so many hours, so many times a day. However, you know, things will happen and things do happen, mm-hmm. you know, and we've all heard it before. The guild drama ensues. And I, I know for myself and for Roman, that's the only, that's the reason why we left the game. Yeah. I mean, you know, Lou and I ran that guild like a, like a company. <laughs> we really did. I mean, we had a lot going on in that guild and we just, we loved Rift so much that we dedicated that kind of time to our guild. And, um, actually if it wasn't for Rift, I would never have gotten into podcasting to, to be honest. Um, it, it led me to my, one of my first and favorite podcasts, which helped me to, uh, you know, create the kind of, you know, relationships that, that we, I now have. And, and then I eventually got into podcasting. So, um, if it wasn't for Rift, I would not have met Lou. I would not have gotten into, into podcasting. And, um, and it was all centered around around just trying to get as much information as I possibly could to play this wonderful game that I absolutely loved so I can help out my guild. And it's funny to think of it that way. We but should yeah. all thank Rift, because if, if Arwen had never gotten to podcasting, the internet would be a much darker place. I don't know if we'd be thanking Rift. <laughs> That's probably one of the... That, that was a wonderful compliment, Joe. I don't know if I'm deserving of it. <laughs> But thank you. See, folks, this is why Joe Bradford <laughs> is a news director for the network. Right. <laughs> you can just write I can't tell if that was a things. compliment or not. <laughs> it is. 
<laughs> he could come up with that stuff on the fly. See, I, had a, I actually had to think about that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that, in that brain. I, I find it so funny. I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk about guild drama. I have never, ever, ever had guild drama. Never. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. My you're lucky. my Lord of the Rings Online kinship that I run, I've, I've played with the same guys since launch. And yeah, let's never had an issue. Let's shift gears, Joe. Um, let's. I want to hear. I want to hear about Riders of Rohan, and I wanna. I want to hear why I should be playing Lord of the Rings Online, and specifically what uh, what it's ROI free. brings. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly free. I mean, there's there's obviously some restrictions you're gonna have with free to play, and that's that's any company. They they want an incentive for you to you know, pay for their product, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you could play the game from level one till the level cap you know, for free. You can unlock everything you need to unlock in the game through your gameplay actions. Uh, Riders of Rohan is no different. It's the newest expansion, obviously. It's been out for about a month now. I- I've only had it for two weeks, just partly because of money situation. I couldn't afford it right when it came out. And then one of my kinmates was very mad that I wasn't playing Lord of the Rings because I was getting really depressed watching everyone talk about their fancy new war steeds and stuff. So I stopped playing for a while, and he's like, okay, here's your product key. Get in the game now. So... <laughs> I um I, I popped it in for the first time. Popped it in. I sound like I'm putting a disc in a drive. I upload, <laughs> I downloaded it and and turned it on for the first time. And walking into Rohan, if you if you've played any of the Lord of the Rings online games since they've come out, you know any of the expansions. You've got Mines of Moria, uh, Siege of Mirkwood, Rise of Isengard, now Riders of Rohan. This is the fourth expansion since it launched. Um, you obviously know that they're they're known for having very beautiful environments where Rohan is no different. Uh, you walk into Rohan and it's exactly how it is. If you've seen the movies or if you've read the books, it's, it's just breathtakingly beautiful. Um, gameplay wise, it's the same old Lord of the Rings online that you've, that you've grown to love over the past five years. Uh, great, very tight controls. The combat after playing Guild Wars, it's it's kind of somewhat lackluster to me now because I'm going back to a skill rotation as opposed to, you know, what I've been playing for the past couple weeks since I stopped playing Lord of the Rings Online. But it's warming back up to me again, and the biggest reason for that is the inclusion of mounted combat. You've got the new War Steeds where you can do exactly what it says. You can fight on a horse. It's really cool. So <laughs> I guess that's the biggest reason. If you played Lord of the Rings online before and you've quit because, you know, it just wasn't working for you or other games have come out, they've added enough to the with the new expansion. The biggest thing being its mounted combat system that, that you should definitely try it out. And you can still play Riders of Rohan with a free-to-play account. You just buy the expansion. I'm, I don't subscribe to the game. I've got a free account and I can play pretty much anything in the game now. So, Yeah. There's reasons to play. If big one being it's free. Now, Joe, for those for those out there who are who are listening to this show and have never heard you before on on QGN, um, they don't know how big of a Tolkien fan. Oh my gosh. you really are. And I'm not talking about a Lord of the Rings fan. No, no Tolkien. Tolkien. Joe, Joe Bradford speaks Sindarin. <laughs> well, kinda. I can recite Sindar and I can speak Quenya. Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay, so just just the simple fact that he knows <laughs> that there's a difference between the two languages <laughs> goes to show you. And I can tell you exactly why you only really hear Sindar in the movies and you rarely hear any Quenya. There's a reason. There is. Is there? That's what, a yeah. What's the reason? Um, 
Well, Quenya is is basically the high elven speak. It's, it's if you hear any references to the West in any of the movies or any of the books, it's the language of the elves that they spoke in in Valinor, the the, the land of the West where all the the, the Valar and and the the Great powers live. Okay. Okay. Sindarin is more of your. It's the Grey Elven speech. It's the the language that evolved with the elves who stayed in Middle Earth back in the first before the first age of Middle Earth started when the when they first awoke. I guess you'd say um, when the Noldor rebelled against the Valar and they came back to Middle Earth, um, they spoke Quenya, and because that was their language from Valinor. Well, it turns out that one of the ways in which they were able to get to to back to middle earth is by doing this horrendous horrible deed called the kinslaying where they kill a bunch of bunch of their fellow elves just to steal some boats well one of the elves that they the that's caladriel's that folk right yeah what that was caladriel's folk well she's related to them somewhat but distant cousin um mm-hmm. the king of the elves in middle earth uh thingol is actually the brother to the king of the elves that the people that were sl- that that were slain so when he finds out about it, he outlaws the language of the Valinorian elves. So after you know, after that, the language kind of died out in Middle Earth and became kind of like Latin. I guess you'd say it's a dead language. It's used in in uh, ceremonies. It's used you know amongst the people who know how to speak it. But Sindarin pretty much became the language of all of the elves in Middle Earth at that point. So that's why you really only hear it in the movies because at that point it had been I don't know six seven thousand years since that event happened. So yeah, there's your Lord of the Rings lesson for the day. So now, now that I have proven to all of the <laughs> listeners out there how much, how much of a geek I am, how much of Tolkien that you know, Joe Bradford, and how much of an authority you really are on Tolkien, I appreciate that. How much do you think a real fan of Tolkien would enjoy Lord of the Rings Online? Um, if I'm still playing it five years later, that should be telling enough. Let's put it that way. How's the lore in it? Is it is it keeping with what you know? Very, they are very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reverent to the lore. Because they know how us Lord of the Rings geeks are, how us ringers really are. We are, one of the things that sets the Lord of the Rings apart from any other series, any other book, any other fantasy world, why it's the definitive source for all, basically any fantasies, fantasy game book or anything can trace their the roots back to the lord of the rings mm-hmm. is because of how detailed the world that tolkien created and you mess up one little tiny thing in there like you know i don't know making Fadamir want to take the ring in the movies psh, that doesn't happen in the book uh, that's you know gripes like that subtle changes basically the entire wussification of Aragorn in the movies it, he he never I'm sorry ever, did, you, did you say wussification, wussification. yes wussification. that's a topic for another day <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the game doesn't do that it's very very lore specific now they do take some liberties in creating characters and such that aren't in the books but that they do it in such a way that it makes it's like okay they're not mentioned but it doesn't mean that they weren't there right kind of thing. um one of the one of the examples i'm thinking of is the the first epic storyline, the first book, I guess you'd say. They, they call it, um, not the not book, chapters, whatever. Uh, the first epic storyline before <laughs> Minds of Mort came out. The, the, the I guess you'd say the, the boss of that storyline, mm-hmm. nowhere to be found in the books at all. But they, they created the character in such a way that... Doesn't mean it wasn't uh, there. Junk like me is like, okay, I can, I can see where this is going. I can see how this fits in. 
they have a lot of throwbacks to parts of the books like uh in the fellowship of the ring um and notice i'm, I'm saying book i'm not saying movie they don't have the when the game was first developed warner right. brothers didn't own them they didn't have the rights to the movie so everything they're doing is by the book um in the fellowship of the ring before the hobbits leave the shire they camp in an elven settlement and they mention the swordsman in the sky it's a star constellation yes tolkien went so far as to name the constellations in his in his books okay um when you stand in the spot of that campground that's the brightest you see that constellation in the sky in, in the Lord of the Rings Online. So wow. the developers of the game went so far as to make sure that the constellations are there. And they they went so far as to make sure that, you know, subtle things like that, while most people who are playing the game that have no idea that it even exists are going to miss it, people like me who, who read the books at least once or twice a year and break down the books and try to figure out the different themes that Tolkien has created, we see that kind of stuff and we're like, yes, these guys get it. These guys are really catering to the fan. Uh, of the series so if you're a hardcore Tolkien fan and you haven't played the game yet I go back to my statement that I started the show off with you're failing at life play the game <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think it's kind of kind of along the lines of you owe it to yourself look it's a free game download it that's all you have to do there's, Joe there's, there's where no can, harm in it download where can they download it don't, where? don't play it what's the website you haven't spent any money on it <laughs> what's the website where can they download Lord of the Rings online we're gonna do the work for you guys go ahead Joe L-O-T-R-O.com. That's what? simple. I, th- I spoke over you. What, what is it? L-O-T-R-O.com. Lotro.com. L-O-T-R-O.com. It's a free game. I, I have it downloaded. All right? I've Play played it. it. It's a great game. Lou can <laughs> tell you, the, one of the things that, that floored me about the game is that, obviously, musical instruments are a big thing in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You can uh, play... Don't, music is not... Oh, jeez. What's that? I'm just... There's there's a battle that happens in the Silmarillion that's basically between one of the kings of the elves and, and Sauron, and it's not a battle of swords; it's a battle of music. It's it's that's how much reverence Tolkien had for the spoken word. So, um, wow, that's ridiculously awesome. By the way, <laughs> I didn't elf, even know that. <laughs> a mortal elf lulls one of the powers of the world to sleep by just the song of her voice. She puts one of the people who helped create the world into submission by music. So. Music definitely has a big, big role in in the lore and in the game. Yes. Now you can play um, instruments mm-hmm. in the game, and I'm not talking like you know you you push a button and there you are playing. No, you you literally you you hit the the number keys. You pick up a lute, right, and you hit the number keys, and that that's actually like notes. Each yeah. key stands yeah. for a note. Solfege, solfege notes. You've also got all the different accidentals. You can jump octaves. You can even go so far as to synchronize your playing with other players in the game and start bands. There's a yearly uh, event that's held in game on the Landerville server called Weatherstock. And it's basically all of the bands on that server join up on the top of Weathertop and they hold a huge concert. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> and it's, it's all just in game live music that they're playing. Using their keyboard and mouse. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, Lord of the Rings Online, um, Riders of Rohan, new expansion. Joe, can we, I mean, how how in, how in much are you playing this game right now? I haven't played it as much as I probably should. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's just partly because I've spent a lot of time on the Minecraft RP server this week. Um, okay. Chances are, it's one of those games that when I sit down and play it, I'm, I spend a lot of time on it. 
And so I kind of have to pick my, my spots with, cause I'll, I'll get addicted again. I, my, my wife will divorce me. That's how bad <laughs> I get. Okay. Jeez. So uh, when I play, it will more than likely be on the weekend. So if any of you out there decide to play, look me up on the Nimrodel server and I am R O D E L server. Um, my character name is El Dalier, which is an elvish word for the, of the elven people, by the way. Um, E L D A L Y E. El Dalier, okay? Look me up. I'll, I'll send you an invite to my kinship. We've been going for five years. I'll help you out getting started in the game. Uh, it's a very... We don't do any rating whatsoever. It d- doesn't mean to say you can't do it. We're very, very laid back. We don't require anything other than uh, don't curse in there because we have some kids that play. That, that's all. Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out. Um, I- I'll be on it a lot more often You know, now that I'll be talking about it on the show. My kinmates will definitely appreciate that. So thank you, Ivarwin. Thank you, Lou. Yeah, <laughs> um, of course. No problem. Yeah, I'll be playing a lot more often. So expect me to talk a lot more about it and expect weekly Lord of the Rings lessons. Okay. This will be my soapbox. I, um, I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love, I would love for that. And, um, hopefully, you know, our, our, uh, our new listeners to, to our brand new show out there, um, are, are huge, uh, Lord of the Rings fans as well. And, and would, uh, I, I know they would appreciate that. Um, what about Riders of Rohan? What else can we say as we're closing this discussion out and, and soon the show? Um, but what, what can you say about, about Riders of Rohan? Anything else that you may have forgotten? I think the, again, the biggest part of Riders of Rohan that they've added, not only the Rohan area, and it's only Western Rohan, so, excuse me, Eastern Rohan, that you don't have Edoras or uh, Helm's Deep available to you yet. Uh, it will eventually be open up. They're going to open up that area of the game here soon. I hope. Um, but the biggest thing is, again, the mounted combat and the war bands that you can do. Uh, basically, it's a group of players that are all mounted. It's basically, it's a raid on, mount- on, on mounts. Um, the entire area of Rohan, I believe the, the developer said, is the same size as Eriador, which is one of the main areas in, in Lord of the Rings. It's the Shire, Reland, the North Downs. A lot of your main beginner areas the continent the area of rohan is just as big as all those combined so it's a lot of area to discover um you will see stuff that you saw in the movies or read about in the books like the argonath is in there um again mounted combat's the biggest thing though so well you can also apparently get your your character up to 85 now yes the level cap did increase to 85 so i will be i will probably be 85 by the time the next expansion comes out that seems to be the timetable it is for me Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm the slowest leveler on the server because I just sit there and I, I look at stuff. Like I, I started playing Riders of Rohan two weeks ago when I found out that the Argonath is in there. I stopped doing quests and I'm just beelining it towards it so I can take a screenshot of it. That's, yeah, that's got to be amazing. You know, that's the kind of stuff that, that I love about this game, the stuff that I pictured in the books or I saw in the movies, reimagined, and I'm, I'm there, I'm doing yeah. it. Uh, for those um, of you out there that are not sure what the Argonath is, it's it's um on on the river Anduin, uh, all the way down um by the waterfall. There's these two huge statues, um, of Aragorn's okay. ancestors. Yeah, right. Gondor. I you're you're making me proud, Evarwin. You got uh, the river right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have some of that old uh, Lord of the Rings knowledge, um, that I I've I've acquired. <laughs> there you go. Um. So and and it's it's a very it's a very big moment in the in uh, the Fellowship of the Ring movie where you see 
you know, the, after, after the gifts giving scene in, uh, Lothlorien, they're, they're, you know, going down the, the river Anduin, um, on the boats. And then Aragorn points out, you know, those, those are my ancestors, uh, the Argonauts. So for those of you out there that weren't sure what that is, that that's what that is. And it's now in the game and, uh, with Riders of Rohan, just, just a phenomenal thing to have in that uh, game. I'll have more info on the game as I play it more. Again, I haven't played it as much as I should have this week, just cause I was playing the RP server. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, definitely know I'm going to be updating you on this game as, as we go. And I'll be just as giddy as I am now a year from now talking about this. Cause there will be something that I see that I didn't see at first. Right. And I'll be like right there to tell you where it was in the book, the exact page, I'll bookmark it, all that jazz. All right. Um, just uh, one other thing here. It apparently won E3's, uh, 2012 E3's best expansion. So, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, this is, it's not something to, to thumb your nose at the, the free, it's a, it's a free game. The, the market that's in the game, the digital market is a phenomenal market. There's tons of things that you can buy with your turbine points in the game. Um, I love it. I love their market. <laughs> I've spent, yeah. I've spent, spent a good amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of cool stuff. I think that we you all there. are guilty. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and oh my God. was one of the Lord of the Rings online was one of the first subscription MMOs to switch to that hybrid, you know, subscription free to play yeah. model. And it's worked wonders for them. I think the early reports was that their sales doubled or tripled in the first year mm-hmm. from that. And so I the market it. is very well made. But again, you don't have to spend any money whatsoever to use that market. Through your deeds and through your quests and, and through the stuff that you do in the game, you earn those turbine points as well that you can use to unlock new regions, new quest yeah. lines. That's another stuff great like thing that. about that. Um, so again, it's it's completely free to play if you choose. Yeah, and it's a great way to play that game too. Um, I've I've had a lot of fun in the in the small experience that I, I do have in that game. I've had a lot of fun, um, in the free to play model. Which um, it should be it should be mentioned on this show that uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic did go free to play this week. Um, we we will cover it in extens uh, extensively on on uh, Swotor Reforged with myself, uh, Lou and Fred. I will say I've gotten my fingers into this into the 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 new the new expand expansion the new patch and the free to play the market it's fantastic it really is now I'm a subscriber to that game and um what I can say is that the the new stuff that the patch brings in is very tiny stuff but it's stuff that means a lot. For example, and you'll hear this on, on, on the show later on in the week and on Monday. Um, you were never able to move the windows around. You know, when you hit the, the character, you, you hit the C button usually and your character pane comes up and then you hit either B or I for inventory. You can click on these windows now and move them around like in a good, well, I don't know if all MMOs have that, but, um, a lot of MMOs do that now. Tor didn't have that, and it always bugged the hell out wow. of me. You can now do that. So tiny little things like that exist in this game in uh, in, in Tor, and it's it's great. It's great to see it. the the um, The market is phenomenal. The stuff that you can buy out of there, really cool. So we'll more on that. Um, I don't want to you know cannibalize the uh, discussion on Swotor Forge, but um, it should at least have a, a mention. 
All right, guys, let's let's start closing out the show. But before we do that, we've got we've got an email down here that I would like to bring. And this comes from Brandon. Uh, Lou, would you please uh, get into this for us? Sure. Again, this is from Brandon. And Brandon writes in, Hey, could you go over Dungeon Defenders because of the tower defense aspect? FTL, faster than light. It really is a fun game. The Jack and Daxter series, because I love that game. <laughs> and as I go over to my stack of old games, Tekken games, Namco games, Lord of the Rings Third Age. Great game uh, there. Oh, Lord really? of the Rings strategy game. I like that game. Need for Speed, Most Wanted, Assassin's Creed, and the new one coming out. Total War, Empire, and the fighting mechanic. And if you would like, if they implemented that into Civilization V. Lord of the Rings, War North, one of the newest uh, Lord of the Rings games, and Ratchet and Clank. I know it's a lot of games, but they're my favorite games. I have proof that I love your podcast because I'm willing to get out of bed at 12 o'clock and look at my favorite games and send this email. Brandon. He loves us so much that he hasn't even heard episode one yet. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Brandon. And I do appreciate the uh, the pick that you sent to us. And, of course, the email as well. It was wonderful to be able to have a, uh, an email on our very first episode of Quest Legion. Um. I know we're we're super super heavy on MMOs this one particular episode and maybe for the next few weeks but this is not an MMO show it's an RPG show it's a real time strategy show please send us emails like this asking us could you please cover this I'd like to hear that this way look there's a ton of RPGs and RTSs out there we mm-hmm. just want to know what you want to hear and we'd be more than happy to play it get into it and discuss it um, we're going to end the show but before we do that I would like to have um, uh, Joe and Lou give us a little bit about the Total War series and what and what both of you have been doing in in Total War. <coughs> so um, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for those who may not be familiar, because this is the first time I'm actually speaking about my experience uh, with that real time strategy series. Um. Just to give you some background, I have the original discs in the very first game, Total War. Okay, Total War Shogun. So not the only one. How old is this series? Because I I literally know nothing about this series, and and I know I probably should, but I mean, how old is this series? Wow, probably... I think Shogun came out in what, 99, 2000? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it was 99. Yeah, around 99, 2000, because I know... Um, my unit when we were in Iraq, we were playing the heck out of Total War of Rome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been asleep. Yeah, so it's it's been around for a while. Yes, um, I've been a big fan of that series. Um, initially, I was going to buy it, but uh, my best friend uh, Carl actually picked it up on a fluke because he said, "You know what? It's different. Let me check it out." And then later on that night, I get a frantic call from him saying, "Dude." You have to check this game out. <laughs> like, seriously? He's like, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Oh, he, and for the next 20 minutes, he was just talking my ear off as to what this game encapsulated in terms of you know, the thinking, the strategy, and the fighting. And the very next day, yeah, I went out and bought a copy, and my God. It, it it's, was, it's insane that that yeah. first battle you do in that game. 
It is. Oh. And just the level uh, of thinking that's, you know, that that's involved, you know, just thinking like, oh my God, you know, it's like you're playing a game of chess, you know, always exactly. thinking four or five steps ahead of your, whether it's a computer opponent or a human opponent, you have to be that wily, that cunning yeah, to survive in this game. <laughs> wily, huh? Yes. Wily. <laughs> <laughs> no acne anvils involved, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no acne products at all. Uh, okay, so so Lou, what what part of this game series have you been playing? Well, I've actually been starting to uh, delve into Empire, Total War Empire. Is and that the that newest? Covers the the uh, Napoleonic era. Is that the newest fight. version? The newest game? No, the no. newest is Shogun Two, and it's 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 two expansions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when did this come out? Napoleonic. Uh, Empire came out maybe two years ago. Hey, give me two. a second. I have the game disc right in front of me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, about two years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. No, because Shogun came out two years ago. Uh, um, I can have at least three or four. So all right. So what makes yeah, this series? That. What makes the series better than than? Uh, is this series better than any RTS series that's that's out there? In your opinion, Lou? It, it's different. Okay. I would say it's not better, but it's actually if you're used to playing games like, all right, folks, the original Warcraft, okay, mm-hmm. the RTS version, the 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 Grand Data started it all, okay, or Starcraft. Total War brings in a strategic element, okay, where not only are you involved in the military fighting, sorry, so you're not gathering, you're not just gathering resources, building your bases, building your troops. No, it goes further into that. It goes into, wow. you know, dealing with the politics of the region you're trying to conquer or you're trying to be friends with. Oh, okay? so it's like a little bit like the Civilization series in that exactly. way. Exactly. Oh. You have politics, you have the military, you have the economic side, and even the social side, because yes, you will have ter- events where you have plagues, that will decimate your your towns and cities. Mm-hmm. Religious outbreaks, stuff like that, that can happen. So, religious outbreaks, you say? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow. Especially with uh, the very first uh, version of Total War, Total War Rome. Okay, one of the provinces you get to govern. Guess what? It's called Judea. Ah, there you go. There you go. Well, All right, and, and like that- with the original Shogun, you had the you had Buddhist. You know, obviously, Buddhism in Japan is very big. But then you also had the introduction of Christianity and the the stuff that that did. So you had to worry about whether or not if you chose to become a Christian leader, if your people would rebel against that because Buddhism was so ingrained. So you you really do have to think every single action out because the way that you decide to play your game will inevitably infect. You know, it may not be an immediate effect that turn, but twenty turns from now, a move that you made then is starting to come to fruition now. Right. Wow. So, wow. Holy jeez. <laughs> yes. This so, game is all about the long haul. It's not about the, the quick win. Who can build, you know, the most and the best, you know, the fastest. No, it's going to yes. be who can think that far ahead and plan for, you know, as many contingencies as you can mm-hmm. and survive. That's phenomenal. Holy jeez. Um, yeah, it's it's. It, Lou said that it's different. It, he wouldn't call it, you know, the the, the best series. Mm-hmm. I think I would take it that far. 
I think I would say that it because it brings the best of all of the different RTS games that you have available to you into one game. Mm-hmm. It, people talk about Civilization being the definitive RTS because it's got the lasting power it does. It's as in-depth as it is and is presented very well. I would say that Total War takes it a step further because you have all those Civilization-esque aspects where you have the campaign map, you have the strategy map, but then you also take it a step further and you have to be, obviously, you have to be really good at commanding on a battlefield as well. Right. Um, you have that whole militaristic aspect that you don't have in any of those other games. And, and it's not like, you know, you create these units on the map. No, you create the army on your strategy map and you move them into that, that area. And then you command thousands and thousands and thousands of units on screen at any given time. So and just to recap, the, I mean, you are, you are building buildings, correct? And creating units out of those buildings. Is that not, not so much, not so much. Okay. Uh, you do create, you, basically it's, it's a province system. Um, so you take over a province and you have a major city in that province. That province you can build up buildings right inside gate. of it. I, can, I fire up the game. I, I create my account. You know, I name it. You know, Evarwin, uh, and I hit the play button, and then there's cinematic plays, and then boom, there's my game screen, and I'm already in a province with one city. Is that it basically yes? Okay. Well, and it depends on the game you're playing. Like if you play, like I've been playing Shogun Two Total War, and some prov- some some factions in the game will start off with a couple of provinces. The one that I play, I play, I play this this faction going back to the, my days of playing the original Shogun. I play the Oda faction, and in in this game, you start with one one province, and that province is already under attack because there's a rebellion going on in that province. Mm-hmm. So you're not only introduced to the campaign map, you're introduced to defending province from an invader. You're introduced to the fighting mechanics of it. You're introduced to basically everything on. All of my borders, I'm at war with every single warlord on every border of mine. So you have to worry about where you're going to be attacked from, who's going to attack you, who you make peace with, stuff like that. You little Napoleon, you. Well, <laughs> I guess. Joe's like, peace? Peace? No. Peace. I'll give you peace. And that's another thing. Peace um, is for the weak and the women. You, you you have alliances in this game that you can set up with computer-controlled characters, but if you break that alliance, the game remembers that. Oh. And other factions are less wary to make alliances with you because they're afraid you're going to be the they're going to be the next one you break that alliance with an attack. So, again, every move you make counts in any of these games. I once had a medieval game, Medieval Total War, the original one, going on for seven months. Jeez. That's how long and in depth these games can go. Wow. <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, okay. I think, I think that's episode one. What do you think? What do you guys think? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can sit here and talk about that game all night, man. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that sounds like episode one. Um, gentlemen, I mean, uh, we're, you know, I, the way this show is, is that we're, we're going to be, you know, we may be throwing in new hosts here and there. Um, but if, um, if you guys are in for the long haul, which, uh, which games do you think that you can bring to us each week that people can, uh, can follow the show for? What do you think, Lou? Gosh, I, I'm definitely bringing, uh, Guild Wars 2, mm-hmm. uh, to the table. Um, Total War games. Because, you know, I've always had them on my computer, whether it's laptop or desktop. One of those iterations, whether it's Total War Rome or Total War Empire or 
Total War Shogun, I'll have one of those games uh, on there and, you know, playing. If not every day, at least, you know, I'll, I'll play it every now and then because that's, that's how much I love these games. Hmm. Um, you know, from Total War original debut, gosh, 99, till now, I'm still playing it. Okay. Or some version of it. So and, we can and, we can definitely look forward to, you know, your updates on Guild Wars 2 then. Mm-hmm, definitely. Great. And I'm also checking out uh, Rift. Go check out Crucia. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, Bradford, Joe. I mean, what what about you? I mean, is this uh, is this a long haul thing for you? You think uh, you know a couple of weeks? What, what's let's put it this way: y'all have me until my wife tells me no. There you go. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. And uh, um, yeah, I am a now long haul thing for me. I mean. I'm usually off on the day that we record, so I mean, Great. any day you need me, the, the listeners, when they hear me on a show, they're going to hear about Lord of the Rings Online. They're going to be hearing, again, Total War, because that is by and far my favorite game series ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also talk about Civilization V, because I, I do love that game. I, I love the Civilization series. So I, I think my, my topics, my games are going to be more RTS heavy, because I really only play two MMOs. I play Lord of the Rings Online and Guild Wars 2. So Great. there you go. So it's, it looks like we're definitely going to have some really nice Guild Wars 2 updates, as well as a little Rift, as well as a little Lotro. Um, you know, certainly any new uh, RPG, RTS that comes out, we're going to try and weigh in on, um, which which brings me to, to one, final, one final question. Um, Lou, is there any role-playing game or, or RTS that's coming out soon that you've got your eye on? Hmm... Elder Scrolls Online for one, that's the big thing that's on the horizon. Yeah, that's that's the one. If I could cryogenically freeze myself somewhere, I would I would wake up on launch day for that. <laughs> but even I can't yeah. do that because we're we're covering all the news for ESO on on uh, Elder Scrolls off the record. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on my radar, and um, you know I've already see if I can pre-order that. <laughs> if yeah. I can. I'm surprised they haven't announced if you can or not. Yeah, and I've also pre-ordered, uh, as of yesterday, I pre-ordered the expansion for StarCraft Two, Part of the Swarm. Looking forward to that. Oh, very nice. Okay, so the expansion for StarCraft Two, you're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, what? What? Anything else? Uh, what about you, Bradford? What, what do you got for us? Anything? Any new RPGs that that you that are coming out that you're really uh, you're into? RPGs again. Lord, uh, no, Lord of the Rings Online, duh. Uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, obviously, because I've been covering that game since they f- first made the announcement back in May. Uh, but the big one for me is going to be Rome 2 Total War. That comes out next year as well. And I cannot wait for that. Some of the screenshots they've already shown are gah, awesome. So <laughs> I cannot wait to go back to, to the Roman roots and start to expel Gauls and, and you know, other peoples that decide to fight against the might of Rome. You know, we can just picture Joe Barrett for next year having a tattoo on his left arm that says SPQR. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised I don't already. <laughs> Holy crap. I took Latin. That was my major in college was Latin for so long. I'm surprised I don't have that. I need to get that. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. <laughs> Great. Now we get hate mail from the wife. Oh, man. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Send all hate mail to Jay. She's a good girl. Oh, we'll uh, yeah. oh, we'll, we'll get into the hate mail where you can send your hate mail to. We'll get into that. 
very soon. Um, let's see. There's a. Uh, I could tell you definitely. Um, Dragon Age Three is is definitely going to be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a little leery of that. I mean, I wasn't. I loved the original Dragon Age. Yeah. Dragon Age Origins. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Two, however, uh, yeah. me, me personally, is kind of lackluster. We'll we'll see. I mean, there's there's stuff. You know, it's it's a that's a whole other show. I'm sure. Um, yes, I feel the yes. exact. Just so you know, Lou, I you know, I feel the exact same way. And even about being leery on Dragon Age three, but that does not mean that we're going to shy away from it. Um, we're going to oh, no, oh, no, no not at all. We're going to weigh in on on that. But that is one I am looking forward to. And you know, Liz will find a way to weigh in on it as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she will. We got to have her. I got my I got my potion of mute the Southern woman right here. You know, <laughs> right here. <laughs> so we we're going to be throwing that at her. Wow. <laughs> um. Listen, guys, if you like this show, okay, go visit. Go visit our sponsor over at tweakedaudio.com. All right. They are the creators of some pretty awesome earbuds. You can throw them into any MP3 device, your your uh your iDevice, iTunes, your your uh, iPod, your iPhone, whatever, Android, doesn't matter. Plug it in. You've got unbelievable sound coming out of tweaked audio headphones. You got four different styles from tweaked California, classic, parkour, natural, six different colors, red, blue, green, black, silver, wood, my favorite color, of course. Uh, Some of them come with an optional microphone. Okay. Unbelievable sound, sound quality, unbelievable durability. These things do not break. Not easily. Anyway, you could throw them through a wood chipper. It'll break. And if it does, Hey, no problem. You know why? Because there is a lifetime warranty on these things, barely any questions asked. Retails for starting at nineteen ninety five, but we're going to drop that price down you a little bit. If you happen to mention to these guys, I love those Quest Gaming Network uh, uh, dudes. I came here from them. Here's my code, off the record, all one word, is your code to drop that price down 30% off. And it'll also give you free worldwide shipping. Free worldwide shipping. Four styles, six colors, optional microphone, 30% off with the code off the record, free worldwide shipping, lifetime warranty. You can't beat this. Great quality for a great price. Tweakedaudio.com. Don't screw it up. You'll burn for it. I know what I'm talking about, Scrooge. <laughs> Tweakedaudio.com. Channeled Bill that, Murray that, just then. <laughs> that, that's- Free worldwide shipping kind of it's like almost as good as like getting free parking, wouldn't you say, Evarwin? <laughs> it's like getting free parking in a big city. It just doesn't yeah. happen. And free worldwide nothing compares. Shipping, nothing compares to free parking <laughs> and free shipping. <laughs> For those of you who haven't listened to the shows before, Evarwin and Lou are in the Northeast, you know, New Yorkish area. I'm yeah. in Vegas, so big city free parking is always a plus. Oh, it's so. huge! It's massive. <laughs> We'll fight for it, folks. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's get our final thoughts, guys. Lou, what's your final thought for this show? Gosh, phenomenal first episode. So much information, folks. We had to trim ourselves down. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, we actually were were uh, short with with our descriptions here. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and Joe, I can't wait to record the next one. Really, I really can't. Um, I, thanks for allowing me the 
the opportunity to do this. I really do appreciate it. I also do want to throw out that being the news director for Quest Gaming Network, we are looking for writers. So please send us an email with a writing sample if you're interested. Always use people to help out. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, you can you can find Lou on Swotor Reforged and also on Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Um, I'm Avaro, and you can find me also on Swotori Forge and Elder Scrolls Off the Record as well. Uh, for for Joe Bradford, you can find all of his wonderful, amazing articles. And this guy really knows how to bring news for Elder Scrolls and for Minecraft in just corners of of thought that you just don't think are going to come, you know, come at you. I, I, it's just the, this guy knows how to cover news, and he also knows how to give some unbelievable in-depth opinions. You can find all that, all of Joe's articles on ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. He covers Elder Scrolls, ESO, um, and also for Minecraft. Great opinion articles, great news articles by Joe Bradford. This show oh, is... You. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for, for all you've done. You're phenomenal at what you do. Uh, this show is Quest Legion, and you can find us on our website at QuestLegion.com. If you want to email us, you can email us at QuestLegion at gmail.com. Uh, we're not alone here. We, uh, we're a part of a network, a big, huge, happy family of gaming podcasts, all of which can be found at questgamingnetwork.com. And if you're wondering, if you're new uh, to QGN, first of all, welcome yet again. Great to have you. Here are the unbelievable library of podcasts that we have for you. Saturdays, we record a show called Dungeon Crawler. Like this, it's a show all about dungeon crawling video games. <laughs> so it's recorded. The in, in the name. It really is. <laughs> uh, Minecraft off the record live records Sundays at 7 p.m. on livestream.com forward slash the quest show. Swotor Reforged records on Mondays. That's our show about, you guessed it, Swotor, Star Wars The Old Republic. Adrenaline Gaming like this and Dungeon Crawler. Is a, is a show that we record on all kinds of adrenaline-pumping, exciting video games, such as first-person shooters, like Planet Side 2, which is going to be a huge, huge episode coming up this week. That records Wednesdays. We've got all of your action platformers on that show as well. So, Adrenaline Gaming. Uh, Quest Legion Podcast, Fridays. We record that show, and you can expect a new episode coming out each week after Friday. Quest Community Cast records on Saturdays, every other Saturday. And our next episode for Quest, uh, QGN Community Cast will be on, I believe, the 23rd. And that's when we take a host from the show, a host from our network. Uh, excuse me. We, we have two hosts for that show, okay, Fred and, and Kath. And they bring in a host from our network and one of our fans from the network. Put it all together. One great happy family show. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal thing. And those two guys do a great job. <laughs> they really do. Uh, Twitter. We have, a, uh, we have a presence on Twitter here at Quest Legion. And that is at Quest Legion. I am Ivarwin. You may reach me at Ivarwin. E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Joe Bradford is at Lotterlore, L-O-T-R-L-O-R-E. And Lou is at GamerGuy11B. 
G-A-M-E-R-G-U-I-1-1-B. Quest Legion is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Good night, everyone. Glad you were all here. See you all again next week. Thanks again for listening, guys. Hope to talk to you all soon, and namadi. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you.